We're going to go to John chapter 12, 24, 26. Except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone. But if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. And he that loveth his life shall lose it, and he that hateth his life in this world shall keep it unto life eternal. If any man serve me, let him follow me, and where I am there shall also my servant be. If any man serve me, him will my Father honor. Amen. He's going to preach. A few minutes, the subject, die. Just die. Let's pray one more time. Hallelujah, Jesus. I thank you for your anointing, God. I thank you for your word. God, I pray in your name, Jesus. God, let it go forth. God, let it not return void, I pray in Jesus' name. Speak to us tonight. God, let your anointing destroy any yoke of bondage in our lives. In Jesus' name, God, I pray. Let your will be done in the name of Jesus. Amen. You can sit if you want or stand if you want, whatever. Whatever. Death is the last taboo subject in the world, it seems. There used to be a lot of things that we wouldn't talk about. A lot of things that weren't discussed, you were ashamed to mention or do. Um, no one used to talk about drugs. And I was everywhere. Amen. Sex, cursing, yes. rebelling against authority, tattoos, mental health, sexuality, all these things were things a few years ago people didn't talk about. They were subjects we didn't discuss openly, pregnancy, all this stuff. Amen. There were things... You know, they're all accepted and celebrated now. Some of them, pregnancy, that's fine. Mental health, we can talk about that. Other things, I don't know. They're all accepted now. They're all celebrated. We have parades for some of these things. But death is still the one thing that makes people feel uncomfortable. If you want to take the air out of a room, mention death. People don't know how to react. It's kind of funny, but... I used to do it all the time at work. I always feel awkward and I enjoy bringing awkwardness into other people's lives as much as possible. And people will be talking about all this filthy stuff or you know what they did on the weekend, who they did whatever with, drugs, parties, encounters with the opposite sex, sometimes the same sex, whatever, whatever they were talking about. And sometimes I would just bring up something regarding <laughs> death or dying and ugh. Hilarious. Just kill the whole mood. It's a good trick. It's a good party trick if you want to be popular. But it's true. Not a lot of people like to talk about it. People are scared. It's a scary thing. And there's a lot of fear, a lot of questions, a lot of uncertainty and doubts and all of this that surround it. Now many of us have crossed over and come back. 
know, people don't know what's on the other side. No one wants to talk about it. No one wants to think about it. And people that do that are marked as weird. And you avoid them. Usually. A hundred years ago, people were involved in the funeral of a family member. They had wakes. And they held them in their home. And they were called wakes just in case that person woke up. You would stay up all night with them. You know, now that's something we don't want to, you know... We had some funerals at the church I'm from, and they would ask volunteers to stay all night with the body, and there wasn't a long list of people that volunteered for that. Amen. <laughs> some crazy guys would. Well, now we farm that out to others, to companies, and they do it for us, and we don't really know what happens, and there's a lot of mystery around, around it, and nobody wants to die. Most decisions we make in life involve keeping us alive longer. We eat healthy, or we try to, because we don't want to. We don't want to die. We exercise, or we we thought we think about it. <laughs> we wear seatbelts. We have safety precautions at work. We wear hard hats or helmets when we're riding motorcycles, or anything dangerous. We don't go pick fights with gang members. We were in Youth Congress many years ago, before Annabelle was born. I decided to go lead our group to find a restaurant. I ended up in the wrong side of town in Nashville, and we got threatened. We got out of there as soon as we could. Because we didn't want to die that time. But we get vaccinations, we have medicine, we have all these things to avoid death to prolong our lives and we try to stay alive as long as possible but Jesus comes along and he starts teaching the exact opposite of what we've been trying to do our whole lives are built around keeping us alive selfishly maybe trying to keep ourselves alive as long as possible and Jesus says verily verily I say unto you except a corn of wheat fall on the ground and die it abideth alone but if it die it bringeth forth much fruit he that loveth his life shall lose it, but he that hateth his life in this world shall keep it unto life eternal. If any man serve me, let him follow me, and where I am there shall also my servant be. If any man serve me, him will my father honor. And Jesus says, unless you're willing to die, you're not going to do anything that's worthwhile. You're not even going to make it to heaven unless you're willing to die. Everybody wants to go to heaven. Nobody wants to die. But you're not going to have eternal life unless you're willing to die. Jesus said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a corn of wheat fall on the ground and die, it abideth alone. But if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. So you need to die. And if you don't, you will never produce anything. I'm not talking physically. I don't want everyone to go and die tomorrow. But spiritually, we need to die. And our whole lives are spent doing things for ourselves and trying to keep us alive and doing what we want, when we want it, and spending our time, spending our money how we want, eating what we want, saying what we want, thinking what we want. All of this stuff is what we want. But Jesus said, except a corn or a kernel of wheat falls into the ground and dies. A seed only produces fruit when it dies. It needs to die. It needs to break open for something to grow out of it. And you're never going to produce anything worth anything unless we die. 
We need to die to ourselves. We need to die to our wills, to our plans, to our desires, to our wants, our goals, our whatever we think. We need to die to that. It flies in the face of who we are. This teaching that Jesus was presenting flied or flew in the face of what these people thought. And we think, I want to do what I want when I want. I want to look how I want. I want to do what I want. I want to say what I want. I want to go where I want to go. I want to act how I want to act. I want to do my own thing. I want to live my truth. I want to be me. Even with church sometimes. I want it the way I want it. I want my friends to be there. I want to hear the songs that I like. I want the messages that make me feel good. I want to be done at 8 o'clock and be out of here. I want to get home in time to do whatever. But what if God wants something else? Paul got a hold of this. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, he said, I protest by your rejoicing what you have in Christ Jesus our Lord. I die daily. This is not what I want. Every day I die and I let Jesus take control of what he wants to do in my life that day. It's not just about repentance. We always mention that and say repentance. But every day Paul said, I die and I let Jesus rule. I let Jesus control what I'm going to do today, where I'm going to go, who I'm going to talk to, what I'm going to do. I die. I let my will die, my purpose, what I think, what I want. I let it die. It's not just repentance, but it's letting Jesus have his way. And until we're willing to die to ourselves and our desire and our wills, we're never going to have revival. We're never going to have that move of God that we're longing for. We're never going to produce anything worth anything. Until we're willing to die. And that is the problem. There are too many people that are unwilling to surrender. And unwilling to submit. And unwilling to die to ourselves. We try to be our own Lord. We try to be our own master. We try to control our own stuff. Instead of letting God work through us. Until we're truly willing to let him have everything. It's not going to happen. It's not enough just to say, Jesus, take it. You can have it. I give you everything. It's not enough just to do that. We have to let him actually do it. When's the last time that you stepped out of our comfort zone? Or we prayed for that person that you can't stand? Or you stood for truth when no one else was? Or you backed up your pastor when everybody else was running his name through the mud? Or you... Stepped out in worship when you were tired and you didn't know the song and you thought, oh, I don't even like this. This newfangled music is thrown in the garbage. When's the last time you stepped out in worship regardless of who was on the platform, regardless of what the song was? When's the last time you said, I'm willing to go wherever you send me. I'm willing to do whatever you tell me to do. I'm willing to spend or speak to whoever you want me to. When's the last time we said, Jesus, I'm really willing to let you minister through me and we let him do it and we surrendered completely you can't produce anything until you're willing to die you can't produce anything if we're trying to do it our own way and Jesus said you need to die and if you don't you're not going to produce anything and that goes to say if you're not producing anything that means we haven't died If nothing's happening, that means we need to die. If nothing's happening, that means we haven't died completely and we're still trying to do it our own way. I know sometimes things take longer to happen and some seeds take longer to grow. But Jesus also said in Matthew 7 and 20, Wherefore by their fruits ye shall know them. 
And you know people by what they are producing. And if I'm not producing anything, then something needs to happen. If I'm not producing anything, then something in my life needs to die so that Jesus can move through it. If we're not producing anything in this church, then something needs to happen. Something needs to die so that God can move and God can grow. If we're not producing anything, we've got to change. You can come to church your whole life and never die completely. If nothing is happening in my life, if now there's no growth, if I'm not getting any closer to Jesus, if I'm not being used, if I'm not producing the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, all that stuff, if that's not manifested in my life, then I need to change. And I need to die to myself. And I need to let Him work. If I'm not ministering, if I'm not stepping up, if I'm not being used by Him in any way, then what am I doing? I need to die. <laughs> I need to repent. You can't produce. You can't grow without dying. And when you die, stay dead. <laughs> Stop trying to resurrect things that don't need resurrected. Stop trying to bring things back from the past that don't need to be brought back from the past. Stop trying to bring back things that you lay down on the altar. Yes. You lay it on the altar, you leave it at the altar. Yes. Hallelujah. Don't take it home. Hallelujah. You come to the altar and lay something down. Oh, God, take this away. Oh, forgive me. I don't want to do this. Okay, take it back home with me. That's not how it works. Amen. That's not dying. That's not sacrifice. Amen. You lay something down and pick it back up. That's not... Dying. Oh, God, take this addiction from me. I don't want to do this anymore. And then I go out and I go buy another pack of cigarettes or whatever it is. Forgive me for this. And then I go out and do it again. God, I'm sorry for gossiping. And then I go home and I get on the phone. God, I need you. Take this thing from me. And then things start getting better. And we're like, you know what? I'll bring that back. Bring that back in. That wasn't a big deal. In the words of my dear friend Marilla Cuthbert, God doesn't want you for his fair weather friend. Say, God, I'm going to follow you. And Jesus says, okay, I want you to do this. Never mind. Forget that. God will do anything except that. Like Jonah, I'll go anywhere except Nineveh. Well, that's where I want you to go. That's not dying. Dead men, it's going to blow your minds. Ready for this revelation? Dead men, don't argue. Because they're dead. If I'm dead, I'm not talking back. If I die to myself, whatever he tells me to do, I'm doing it. I'm not arguing with them. I'm not fighting with them. I'm not saying I'm not doing that. Dead men tell no tales. I'm dead. If you're dead, you're not talking back. You're not arguing. And if we want to produce something for Jesus, we need to be willing to die. We need to stop trying to resurrect the past and let it lay. Let it rest in peace. Stop digging it up. We don't need spiritual archaeologists digging up the past. My youth pastor, Neil... You know, said once, 
service. He's like, I just one day at the altar, I just want to lay myself down on the altar and say, God, take me. It's like, you guys would all think I'm crazy. But I remember that. I'm going to lay myself on the altar and say, God, use me whatever way you want me to be used. Whatever you want from me. Wherever you want me to go. Whenever you want me. I'm yours. And the seed needs to break before it can grow. Or it can produce. And there will be a time of breaking. There will be a time of stuff that we need to go through. We'll have questions and say, why is this happening? I, I said I'd do what you want. And it's not always going to be comfortable. There are things that he needs to remove from us in order to use us the way that he wants us to be used. There are doubts that we're going to have to battle and overcome. There are fears that are going to have to be conquered. There are attitudes that are going to need to be removed. There's anger that's going to have to be taken out. There are thoughts that's going to need to be changed. Philosophies, egos, pride that's going to need to go. And when we truly die to ourselves and live for Jesus, there is going to be some tests. And there are going to be some tests that will break us and hurt us. But that is necessary. Because at the bottom, when there's nothing left of me, when there's nothing left of you, that is when he can finally work. John the Baptist said, he must increase, but I must decrease. The less of me there is the more of him that can shine through. A seed needs to be buried in the dark and broken before anything grows, before it ever produces anything. And some of us, we say, okay, God, I will do it. But when the breaking starts happening, we dig it back up and we say, no, that hurts too bad. It's not worth it. I don't want to go through this. And then we say, okay, I'll do it. And the same thing happens over and over. And years go by and nothing really changes. We haven't really died to ourselves. We need to go through the breaking. We need to decrease ourselves and who we think we are. We need to let him increase in our lives. Everyone that has any kind of powerful ministry has gone through a time of breaking. Paul started off his ministry blind for three days and nobody in the church believed him or accepted him. It took him a while before God could finally use him the way that he needed to be used. David was anointed and then he was chased and abused and threatened by the king. Joseph was abandoned, falsely accused, put in prison before he got to where God wanted him to be. Peter failed in front of everyone. He had to rise above his pride. He had to rise above his failure and his attitude and his ego in order to be used the way God wanted to use him. And it's all part of the process. We need to die to let him work through us. And until we do, it's just us doing what we want to do when we want to do it. Until a seed dies, it doesn't produce. Jesus said, if it falls on the ground, it's unto itself. It's all by itself. But when it dies, that's when something is produced. And the potential is there the whole time. The possibility is there the whole time. But nothing is produced until it dies. He that loveth his life shall lose it. And he that hateth his life in this world shall keep it unto life eternal. If all we care about is this life. If all I care about is my life and what I want and my desires and my plans and my dreams, I'm going to lose it. 
I'm going to die and that'll be the end of it. All I care about is what happens right here. All I care about is what happens physically in my life. That's it. But if we hate this life, not hate it like you're suicidal or something, but not care about this, what happens in the physical, not care about the stuff. If we die to this life and let Jesus work through us, we live for someone else, for him, we will have life eternal and heaven to gain. And the cool thing is with Jesus, when we put him first, he will give you your desires also but only after we submit and only after we die to ourselves psalm 37 and 4 says delight thyself also in the lord and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart says he will give you the desires of your heart if you delight in him first if you put him first if you focus on him first and some of our problems is we want what we want when we want it but if we die to ourselves and put god first then he will give us what we're looking for when we die to ourselves and we delight in jesus our desires change and they become kingdom-minded and kingdom-centered and focused. And suddenly, my desire is not for a bigger house, but for building something for the kingdom. And suddenly, my desire is not to get promoted so I can have more money, but so I have more that I can give. And my desire is not for this or that, but it's for the kingdom. Not more time to relax, but more time to give and disciple and train and teach somebody else. And when we do that, things start changing. When we do that, we start producing. Raymond Woodward, the pastor, he always wanted to teach his whole life. He was focused on you know, going to university, becoming a teacher. His father was a principal. His sister works in the school. His daughter has a bachelor of education also. It was in the family, it was a thing. You know, he's felt his whole life like, oh, you know, this is my talent. This is my ability. You know, I'm going to be a teacher. But then he felt God leading him somewhere else. But his desire was to be a teacher. His desire was to, you know, go through university, get his education and teach. And teach at a high school and do that sort of thing. But he surrendered to God and he let him lead him. And he followed the path of ministry that God was laying out for him. And because he did that, because he was willing to do that, he is, he's traveled the world now and he's taught in Bible schools all over the world and he's, he's taught conferences and preachers and all these things all over the world. God opened that door, that desire of his heart was to teach and God used that when he surrendered to him and he's impacted far beyond a local high school, far beyond a middle school or whatever a principal would. He's impacted generations and, and nations have been changed because of the teaching from him. When we follow him, he will give you the desires of your heart, but it's going to be different. It's going to change. It changes our focus and we put it on him and not on us. We die to ourselves. We repent, we lay it on the altar and we keep it there. Trisha. Jesus said, if any man serve me, let him follow me. And where I am, there also there shall also my servant be. If any man serve me, him will my father honor. The last thing Jesus says in this passage is, you need to serve me. You need to die. You need to serve me. And you need to follow me. 
Jesus said in Matthew 6 and 24, No man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. We cannot serve God and mammon. So we need to make up our mind tonight. Who are we going to serve? Jesus or the world? And if we're going to serve him, then we need to follow him. He said, if any man serve me, let him follow me. If we're going to serve him, we need to follow him. Servants do. Servants obey. They do what they're told. They do what they're asked. They don't rebel. They don't fight back. A servant's job is to obey and do whatever is asked. This isn't a union job. Or if we don't like it, we all bind together and fight the man. Go on strike until the boss caves and gives us what we want. It's not how it works. He said, if any man serve me, serve. Do whatever is asked. Do whatever is necessary. Whether it makes me feel good or not. Whether it's comfortable or not. I need to serve him and follow him. We're called to be a servant of Jesus and a follower. And we can't be following others. It's one or the other. There's two choices. There's not 15 choices. There's two. You either follow Jesus or you don't. You can't be following others. You can't be a lone ranger and doing it on your own. You need to follow Jesus. But before we do that, we need to take time and die. Let's stand. Holding up my, my poor cross. If we're ever going to produce anything in our lives, if we're ever going to do anything that has any effect on our world, on our families, on the next generation, we need to die to ourselves. If we want Jesus to move in our lives, we need to die to ourselves. If we want Him to to minister to us and through us, we need to die. We need to follow Him. Serve Him. And do what He asks. Not what I want, but what He wants. In Jesus' name. And we're going to open the altars. Let's find some place. Let's find a place, sorry. Let's pray. Let God work. Repent if you need to repent. Turn it over to Him. Let that seed die so that something can, something can grow. In Jesus' name. Amen. The altar's open. Let's pray.